It is Thursday, June 2nd. This is Jaguars Happy Hour. And now, the guy slated to play Rooster's dad in Top Gun 3, J.P. <laughs> Shadrick. I, I'm not sure the reference. I haven't seen the second one yet. And welcome at us, Jaguars Happy Hour. I'm J.P. Shadrick. We've got a busy, busy show coming up today. Organized team activities week number two well underway now. Wide receiver Christian Kirk will join us in studio Oh, in about 15 minutes or so, we'll get his thoughts on arriving in Jacksonville, settling into the Jaguars offense, the OTAs, working with the quarterback, all the above. His past in Arizona, he's actually from the Phoenix area and then played for the Cardinals, of course, the first uh, four or five years of his career before coming over here in free agency. We'll we'll, uh, visit with him coming up. Senior writer John Osier will join us as well. That's at the bottom of the hour. And he'll finish the show with us today. Jeff Lagerman is out. But he'll be back at some point next week. And we'll uh, hear from Logs again in the final week of organized team activities. We'll go around the National Football League as well. Well, earlier this week, the organized team activities got back underway on Tuesday after the Memorial Day holiday. Three practices last week. And then the team was off Friday through Monday, the holiday, actual holiday on Monday, and then back to work Tuesday. Three practices on the schedule for this week. And by league rule, they can't have more than two in a row this week. Next week, there will be four on the schedule at least. And historically, teams on that 10th and final OTA, it's scheduled for Friday of next week. A lot of times do a team-building activity or – uh, even, you know, sometimes give the team off. We'll see what Doug Peterson has in mind on the 10th and final OTA of uh, next week. But uh, we'll get a chance as, as media to be out there one day per week. We were out on uh, OTA number one last week and then out there on Tuesday this week. They started practice on the game field and then a little pop-up shower came along. The rain was fine enough and then a rumble of thunder and and bang, there you go. The lightning moved the practice indoors into the DreamFinders Holmes flex field for the remainder of the workout. And, you know, if, of course, all eyes are on um, the quarterback, Trevor Lawrence, and this offense and how things feel. And maybe you get a better sense after a week of practices, at least from a head coach Doug Peterson, three practices in, going in to that fourth practice. He spoke before Tuesday's practice about – Maybe an overview of the team, what he feels after one week of organized team activities. It was a good week, you know, for us. Um, again, it was the first time really since that first mini camp several weeks ago uh, to be, you know, out there and, and the way the way I've got it set up, you know, um, we're working some first and second down, some third down, some red zone stuff and throughout the course of the week. So we're throwing a lot at the guys. And, and right now, <clears throat> the guys have really handled the information. They've taken it from the classroom to the practice field, and, and that's really what we want to see right now. You can't see physicality and all that kind of stuff and tackling and all that yet, but, um, you know, the guys are they're moving in the right way. They're, they're practicing fast. They're, they're protecting each other, and that's what we want to see, and that's what I want to see this time of year. you got to love that attitude from Doug Peterson. He just understands the pace of the offseason, and we've talked about this in shows before the last few weeks. Um, not going to win the Super Bowl today, but you can win the Super Bowl by being ready to go for the regular season with your team healthy and motivated and locked in and ready. And 
that's what they're going for right now. The pace of just bringing it to the cl- from the classroom to the practice field. Don't get anybody hurt right now. You know, we know exactly what we're going to go over today in this time of year, and we can handle the rest come training camp and into the regular season to get ready for the opponent week to week. So I'm not going to reinvent the wheel and do this a different way. He's done it before. He's built it before. He's been in the league, as we've said, all over this offseason since 1991. He knows the schedule of how things are supposed to feel and look around here. Now, part of the situation here is taking over what happened last year with the Jacksonville Jaguars, of course, for Doug Peterson, uh, taking over the remnants of the Urban Meyer regime and an organization that was shattered in a lot of different ways in that locker room after everything that happened a year ago. And there's a fine line, though, on, as he said earlier this offseason, regaining the trust of the football team and the people on the football side after everything that happened a year ago. Well, there's a fine line between that, but still getting work done and pushing the team forward and uh, striving for a few things. Yes, there might be limits to that in the offseason program, but there's still some uh, checklist of things they need to get done and they have to push towards certain things and certain milestones in the offseason. And Doug Peterson earlier this week understands that fine line between regaining the trust and still pushing the players the right way. As, as I gain their trust, I can push a little bit harder. Um, and there is a fine line there and there is a balance there. And that just comes from just understanding and, and really reaching out to the players and, and kind of, you know, seeing how they react to certain things. Um, you know, I want to push them in practice. I want to challenge them in practice. But at the same time, I don't want to I don't want to really overstep my bounds a little bit right now, you know, with them. And, and uh, at the same time, when I do that, I want to see the return, you know, back, you know, towards towards what we're doing. And and that's what I've seen. And so uh, the more. The more that we continue to have that 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 two-way, you know, communication and dialogue, I can continue to push a little bit harder. Obviously, you know, in the off season, we, you know, we do, we go a little bit easier, but uh, I think it happens more in training camp when the pads come on and and uh, it gets a little warmer outside, and and uh, we can we can really challenge them a little bit more. Yeah. So uh, you know, step by step, understand that relationship uh, has to grow at some point, and. Once that relationship grows, then you can push the team a little bit further. He's been through it before as a player. He gets that whole push and pull that goes on between um, coaches and players and, and, and the way this thing has really started up here. It's Jaguars Happy Hour on 1010XL AM and Jaguars.com. J.P. Shadrick with you. Jeff Lagerman out this week. Coming up, Christian Kirk, Jaguars wide receiver, and then John Osier coming up at the bottom of the hour. Let's hear some more from head coach Doug Peterson. Uh, last week, Trevor Lawrence uh, spoke and talked a little bit about the pace of the defense after the first OTA practice. Well, there were a few plays in the 11-on-11 that we saw in that open practice in, in OTA number one where defensive linemen are getting free and rushing the quarterback and he's having to hustle a couple throws out of there. Well, this week, Peterson asked about the pace of defense is there really a limit to it yes we know there's no contact officially but is there a rule on the or a jaguars rule of sorts against um, maybe going a little too hard in practice and uh, here's what peterson said listen it, it's full speed you know full speed drills and again because you're not in pads it's really hard for the offense and defensive lines to really you know kind of control the pace of play sometimes and and you know, it's just, it's hard. 
it, it's really hard. But at the same time, you know, um, it, it's sort of it's sort of the fun of it, you know, the competition of it, and and really to see the competitive juices flowing a little bit out there on the practice field, and you know, um, you know, obviously the quarterback feels it when when the pocket you know is is collapsed a little bit but again because we're not in pads it's really hard to to anchor and you know grab a hold of something you know like it's like a shoulder pad to to stop a rushing line yeah so it's tough to uh, evaluate especially in the trenches this time of year you'll get a little bit of work and they actually have flipped um, at least in the practice we saw this week on tuesday some of the positions on the offensive line from drill to drill, there was uh, Walker Little working at left tackle and then over at right tackle, and then Jawan Taylor was getting some left tackle reps also just to at least put him out there in a scenario or two and just see what you have. Cam Robinson was not available on Tuesday, and uh, there was a report that he is back in the building or was back in the building on Wednesday and maybe the rest of the week, so that's good news moving ahead. And we'll, Maybe next week we'll see a uh, little Cam Robinson in the building after he signed that big contract um, a little earlier this offseason. Uh, another position group of note for the Jaguars, and it's been something this organization's been trying to deal with really since Mercedes Lewis left, and that's the tight end position, and they've thrown money at a bunch of different guys over the years. Of course, we know that. Julius Thomas, that didn't work out. Austin Saperian Jenkins, nope. Uh, Tyler Eifert had a moment, but not really. Um, meanwhile, Mercedes Lewis, by the way, is still playing for the Green Bay Packers, and uh, you know it's going to take him a few years, but if he hung around a couple, three more years, he'll be close to the, the most all-time games played by a tight end in league history. It's Jason Witten at 271, Mercedes at 234. He's a Packer. He's not a Jaguar, but he was a longtime Jaguar. They've been trying to figure it out since then. But now they've made some changes to that, of course, this year. Evan Ingram comes in this year. And uh, we'll hear from John Osher coming up. I think he caught up with Evan Ingram earlier this week who uh, came in in free agency and was a former first-round pick. And we'll see what he can do in this offense. And, you know, the, the feeling just talking to guys like Bucky Brooks and some uh, and Jeff Lagerman, who's, who's seen him in practice at least a time or two, the early feel is that it's not just a true uh, online tight end. I mean, he's going to be out there wide and, and making plays on the outside. That's the idea behind it. Dan Arnold's the same way. He had moments of that last season and is healthy now, and he's out on the practice field. And uh, Luke Farrell was a draft pick last year. Chris Manhurts is the lead blocking option there. That was the idea going into last season and actually caught the first-ever touchdown pass from Trevor Lawrence last season. Uh, trivia answer a little later uh, down the line in his career. There's some other uh, you know, tight ends on the roster right now that – our project idea type players, a guy like Naz Bohannon, who, who came in in the rookie minicamp as a tryout player, and, well, he's he played basketball at Clemson to wrap up his career and has not played football. But at least early, looks the part, moves the right way, can make some plays in this OTA period. That's a project moving ahead. Other guys on the roster, great uh, Grayson Gunter, uh, a rookie, and Garrett Prince, also a rookie. So, a deeper room right now, and Doug Peterson asked about the tight end earlier this week. A lot of bodies in there, um, which is exciting. You know, I, I think it's uh, I think it's a strong part of our team right now. Um, it's a, it's a really good group, veteran group. You know, leadership in there uh, with with Dan and Chris and 
and uh, even with Evan now, you know, adding there and really like where Luke is and how he's progressed this offseason. And, and then the young guys are still learning, you know, they've only been with us a couple of weeks now, but um, I, I'm, I'm encouraged by that group, you know, and, and uh, really looking forward again to, I think, training camp when, when the pads come on and, and watching them and their, <clears throat> their physicality and blocking and, and um, you know, how, how well they perform. And think about the tight ends and, and what the importance of that position was for the Eagles back in their championship run in 2017. And you'll get an idea of what that means for Doug Peterson and Press Taylor and this offensive group going into the 2022 campaign. At least that's the hope at tight end. You mix those guys in with wide receivers like Christian Kirk, who we'll hear from coming up, and a veteran receiver like Marvin Jones, who has a long streak of games with a reception. and. You know, younger guys on this roster they feel like can be an, an impact um, group in this passing game then an improved quarterback on top of all that that could be a nice combination for this Jaguars offense that's the idea at least moving into this season we've got plenty ahead on the show a little later we'll hear from John Ozier Jaguars.com senior writer that's at the bottom of the hour and also coming up in a moment, Christian Kirk, Jaguars wide receiver, the free agent signing from the Arizona Cardinals. The Jaguars are future-focused and ready for a new look in 2022. Join us at the bank this season as head coach Doug Peterson and quarterback Trevor Lawrence lead the charge through a great home schedule. The games in Jacksonville this year, preseason, the Browns and the Steelers are coming in. And then in this order in Jacksonville, the home games, the Colts, the Texans, the Giants, the Raiders, Ravens, Cowboys, and the Titans. Tickets available, jaguars.com slash tickets or call 904-633-2000. Wide receiver Christian Kirk in studio and we return as Jaguars Happy Hour on the Jaguars Digital Network. Welcome back, Jaguars Happy Hour on 1010XL AM and Jaguars.com, plus the Jaguars social media channels, Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube. A busy schedule at Daly's Place coming up Saturday, June 4th, the Jacksonville Taco and Margarita Festival, the Doobie Brothers, June 5th, two nights of the Dave Matthews Band, the Black Crows, much more ahead this summer. Tickets, if they're available, at Daly'sPlace.com. Wide receiver Christian Kirk, are you going to go to any of these shows? You a concert guy? What's up? How are you? Uh, I'm great. <laughs> Thanks uh, for the time. I'll see. I was just looking at the at the schedule. I'll see if I can I can make one of those. It looks fun. It's a great schedule, and it's only the beginning. I mean, it's all June, July, August, going into the season, which you may not have time during the season, but. Uh, right. Thanks for the time. Uh, welcome in. It's our first opportunity, I think, to sit down together. And how are you feeling so far? OTAs are here. Week two. What's up? It's great. You know, like you said, it's week two OTAs and. Uh, I was just talking about it a little bit earlier. It's it's hard not to to get into that that groove and and feel like oh I gotta be ready you know and, and be ready to play like we have a game on Sunday and just the competitive juices are flowing and we're going against the defense and just the important thing right now is just working through all the kinks. These are the times to make mistakes and uh, now that we're learning a new system and whatnot, you know we're just trying to learn all the nuances and you know get ready for training camp. I'm curious about that process of learning a new offense. We talk about the quarterback's part of it all the time. He's got so many things to worry about, line play, you guys on the outside, running back, the running game, everything. But from a wide receiver's perspective, how friendly is this offense for a guy like you and how difficult is it to, to learn all the nuances of it? Yeah, you know, it, it's very you know friendly for a receiver and you know all of us as weapons uh, because – it allows us to be all interchangeable and, you know, it challenges you to know every position on the field 
And the more you know, the the more opportunities you get to be in different spots to go out and make plays. And uh, Coach Peterson and, you know, Press have done a great job of, you know, making this offense, uh, you know, fairly easy to learn. And the transition has been, you know, fairly simple. And, you know, we get a lot of time during OTAs, you know, in the classroom and on the field. So, uh, they don't just throw it all at you and tell you to learn it. Uh, <laughs> they uh, they do a good job facilitating, you know, being able to, to get through it, get some reps, and, and tr- just learning all the things that they want to accomplish. When you hear Trevor Lawrence talking through the offense and those different things you guys install over time, uh, I, I'm guessing it comes out pretty clear from him that he knows what's up on this offense. Yeah, and, you know, he does a great job in meetings, uh, you know, kind of adding, you know, what he's thinking on a certain play or, you know, what he's expecting and certain expectations, you know, for us. And it, it keeps that open line of, you know, communication and everything's transparent. So, uh, you know, he's done a great job in that aspect. Christian Kirk is with us, Jaguars wide receiver here on Jaguars Happy Hour. You know, there's a lot of new faces around here. You're one of them. Here's Zay Jones coming in. You got a couple of vets in that room and, and Marvin Jones who has been in the league forever, it feels like. Um how difficult is it, or is it at all, to to get that camaraderie? Is that overplayed? Is that overhyped sometimes? That oh, they, they got to get time together and, and figure out the room, or is that a real thing for wide receivers? I would say it's like the first week. Okay, uh, it, okay. It, you know, it's like it's like going to a new school. You know, especially for me. You know, you're, you're learning all your classmates and you know who's who and you know the different personalities. But you know, like I said, after that first week, I mean, you settle in, and you know, we're all guys out there playing football and having fun and. Um, you know, just our room in general, you know, we have so many good guys. Like you mentioned, Zay, you have Marv, you know, who's the vet and, you know, has played a lot of ball and it's always good to have a guy like that in a room and, you know, still compete at a high level. And then you have LaVisca and Laquan, you know, and some younger guys that, you know, it's, it's a good dynamic that we have. And, you know, we have a lot of fun with it. And, you know, Coach Jackson has done a great job just pushing us every day. What does Coach Jackson do, um, especially, you know, first time with him? So what, what stands about, out about him? Honestly, I haven't had a chance to meet him yet. So yeah. what stands out about his, uh, his coaching? Yeah, I mean, he brings energy every single day. And I think the big thing for us is, you know, we have so much talent in our room. We have to hold ourselves to a high standard. And there is a lot of expectation from us, and we know that. And, and that's our job to deliver. And so anytime anything is not up to our standard – uh, they're going to, you know, be held accountable. And, uh, you know, we like that. And, uh, you know, we just want to go out and, and be the best group on the field every single Sunday, and that's what we're working towards now. Christian Kirk is with us. Uh, it seems like, uh, you know, we're, we're just kind of meeting for the first time, but you've settled in a little bit here, right? You've, you're have you in the in the element now. But how much of a whirlwind was this offseason leading into free agency and everything that happened and all of a sudden you're at a press conference and this contract coming in. Uh, it seems like that was just, boy, let me get through this and get back to football. How wild was this offseason? It, it was nuts, you know, looking back at it. Um, it. There's so many unknowns and you have expectations and then your expectations are flipped upside down and you – because everybody's process is different, you know, guys that have been through a free agency. And, you know, I had to talk to a couple guys that have been through it. And uh, they're like, it always ends up the opposite of what you think. And, you know, that's what it was for me. You know, I, I, I had known that about Jacksonville. We, obviously, we had came here and played last year. But uh, obviously, had no clue where I was going to end up. And, you know, after I, you know, got the call. And then the next thing I know, I'm on a flight. I land here at 2 a.m. I'm up at 5 a.m. for over here in the suit my suits 
you know, halfway wrinkled and I'm trying to pull it all together. You know, it's, it's a little bit of a whirlwind, but I, I couldn't be happier, you know, being here. Christian Kirk is with us. It's Jaguars Happy Hour on 1010XLAM and Jaguars.com. And all right, let's go back a little bit now. I mean, you grew up in Arizona, right? Scottsdale yes, area. Saguaro High School. I did a little research here. Uh, <laughs> David Spade went to school there. Yeah. The comedian. Yeah. A handful of NFL guys. <laughs> who else in the end? I mean, you guys had some really good football teams at Saguaro. So who other guys? Are, are anybody else in the league right now? Yeah. You know, um, you know we, we have Byron Murphy, who was a teammate of mine in Arizona yeah. as well. Me and Byron played. Uh, a year together at Saguaro, and then uh, DJ Foster as well. DJ was a senior uh, when I was a freshman. Um, but we've had, you know, Mike Brown and, you know, a couple other guys, you know, go to the NFL. But, um, you know, Coach Mons has been coaching me since uh, I was about, I would say, seven or eight years old, and he's the head coach over there now. And they just won the Open Division, you know, state championship. That that means you get the crown in Arizona, and I couldn't be more proud than, than them. But, um, you know, that was definitely – some of the highlighted years of, of my career. You guys won a lot of state titles, right? Yes, sir. How many? Uh, I Don't call me sir, but <laughs> I'm not that old. My bad, my bad. <laughs> uh, we won, we won three, we won three while I was there. Oh, that's um, all. Yeah, only three. Only three. You missed one. Yeah, that's okay. It was sophomore year. We were, we were in a little <laughs> bit of a rebuild. We were young. I'm curious too. You go from Arizona to you go on the recruiting trail. I'm sure at some point, and all of a sudden end up at A&M. That was Coach Sumlin's time there. Were you like being courted? That was probably when Manziel was still quarterbacking at A and M, right? Was uh, that that time period? Johnny had left. I want to say two years. So two years. And I was on the trail before you came. Okay, that's right. So yeah. so Kenny Hill was a quarterback the year before I got there. So um, my one of my best friends from Arizona, Kyle Allen, who now plays for the Houston Texans, he was quarterback at Texas A and M. And Kyler Murray, me and Kyler Murray were in the same class. Uh, so I had a lot of ties there, and I wanted to play in the SEC. I had always wanted to, and uh, Coach Sumlin had brought that spread offense and that dynamic offense to the SEC and had the opportunity to play early as a freshman, so it was a no-brainer for me. Freshman of the year in the SEC back in uh, 2015. You mentioned Kyler Murray, right? Uh, then all of a sudden you get to play with him in Arizona. That kind of a quarterback, that kind of a dynamic player who all of a sudden can tuck it and run for 50 yards how challenging is that how rewarding is that for an offense too it can go both ways when you have a guy like Kyler Murray's uh, status I'm sure. yeah you know he was he was always dynamic and it was just another um, facet of our offense that you know you had to deal with and uh, that's what makes him special. He, he he does things like that. He makes plays with his legs and with his arm as well. And then all of a sudden you're running downfield. Wait a minute, you're running by me, Kyler. <laughs> What's happening? Here? Right, right. Yeah, no, there's 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 plenty of times where that happened. Christian Kirk is with us. Jaguars wide receiver. A couple more minutes with you here. Um, so a few weeks into this offseason program now with two weeks left. Uh, well, this week, next week's the final week of OTAs. Then there's the uh, mandatory minicamp after that. All of a sudden it's the offseason. Yeah. You've had all this time in the offense, as you said, step-by-step step getting this thing going. Well, what's the feel? Can, can this be a unit that turns it in one year? It's possible in the NFL to do that, but do you have some of those pieces, that foundation in place you feel like right now? I, I definitely think we have the pieces, and we're, we're still laying the foundation. Um, I think some of those questions will be answered a little bit more when we get into training camp. We want answers now. Yeah. Christian. We don't want to wait to training hey, camp. Hey, I want all the answers now, too. I, I, I want to know how many games we're going to win and, you know, go to the playoffs as well. But, uh, that, like I said, this is what this process is. But 
Um, I have been, you know, fairly impressed with how we've been able to progress every single day, you know, offensively and defensively. And um, like I said, just the energy and, and the culture around this this building, you could tell there's just there's a sense of excitement. And, uh, you know, I have it as well. And, you know, we're going to we're, we're, we're shooting, you know, for the for the for the sky's the limit. Starts with Doug, right? Doug Peterson and the way he kind of walks around every day and. He's been there and done that as a player, as a coach. He's won a ring. He doesn't flash it in your face, yeah. and um, everybody just goes to work. Feels yeah. like. I mean, that's ninety percent of this game is confidence, and uh, you know, having that mentality that, uh, you know, when you step on the field, you know, you're you're the best team that day, and uh, you know, especially individually too. So he definitely brings that swagger and that confidence, and it, it rubs off on all of us. All right, final thought here uh, with the off season coming up. What are some of your plans? Are you going to get away? Do you get to work? Are you going to do some work with a quarterback? How does that work uh, in your off season coming up? Yeah, we're definitely going to spend some time with Trevor and um, you know making sure we're we're still you know keeping connected. You know, going into training camp, and uh, I'm going to head back to Arizona and pack up the rest of my stuff and uh, bring it on out here to Jacksonville and, and get ready for uh, an incredible season. You got all the stuff out there, but the golf clubs made it here apparently. Oh yeah, both sets of golf clubs made it out both here. Both sets, yeah, yeah, both sets made it out here. Okay. I, I don't travel without my golf clubs. Oh, that's a good, good way <laughs> to live life, actually. Yeah. So, uh, who's the best golfer on the team, at least that you've played with so far? Oh, final thought. I mean, I haven't played with a a ton of guys. I'm I'm sure the specialists are always good. So, uh, sure, of course are, they you are. Know, Logan's probably really good, or you know, I I I have honestly, it's it's usually me and Trevor uh, that play. Um, and I heard CJ's pretty good as well. You know, some of the QBs. So. Backup quarterbacks a lot of times are pretty good too. Yeah. So, but I, st- how's the starting quarterback? He's getting there. He's getting there. He, but he's not there. I mean, are any of us there? We're never always. Yeah. There. I mean, good if point. you're an amateur golfer, are you are you even there? So, well, I where mean, are you going? Is the question. I, that that is, I I think we all want to act like we can make it on tour at some point, but that's never going to happen. So. I don't think we're ever going to get Well, you're there. already talking yourself out of it. <laughs> I mean, you're, you're already beaten. Ho- hopefully I play football long enough to where that, that's not even a venture for me. <laughs> Excellent point, indeed. <laughs> hey, Christian, thanks for the time, man. It's great yep. to see you. Thank Good you. luck, man. Glad, glad to have you as part of the Jaguars. We're back in a moment. We're just getting started. It's Jaguars Happy Hour on the Jaguars Digital Network. What you want to see from elite quarterbacks, one, when they're throwing the ball, it doesn't hit the ground. The ball doesn't hit the ground because there's a level of execution and consistency between thrower and catcher. It's supposed the, to be easy this time of year. It it's easy. The ball doesn't yeah. hit the ground. It looks like they're in rhythm and in sync. And I saw that today. I saw what I would deem to be a high-level set of execution of practices and what they're being asked to do. From Trevor, I want to see the ball in the strike zone consistently. When we talk about the strike zone, the strike zone is torso, ball Waste to hire inside the window. The receivers are not having to work a lot to make catches, and we're seeing that. Trevor Lawrence is very accurate. We're seeing the ball come out with plenty of pace and those things. And then the final part of it is when you transition from doing individual to group stuff to then competing against the team, does Trevor know where to go with the ball, and does he know how to do it in a timely fashion? I think we saw that. Even when they ramped it up in 707 and 907 things against the defense, he looked like he had a pretty clear idea with where to go. That is Bucky Brooks from the Huddle Up podcast earlier this week on Jaguars.com. Imagine this. It's on the podcast link on the team website or the official Jaguars podcast network. Welcome back. It's Jaguars Happy Hour. J.P. Shadrick with you today. And Jeff Lagerman will be back Will be back with us next week. John Ozier is with us now, Jaguars.com senior writer. 
He's also a part of the Huddle Up podcast. I am. And, and you heard it. And on a that poor clip. replacement for Jeff Wagman, I'll tell you that. So. Well, I'm, we're glad you're here, though. Thank well, you for taking that. the time. Yeah, we appreciate it. Hello, coffee. Cheers to you. And um, there's plenty to discuss this week. OTA, second week, mm-hmm. I, you know, and then after the end of this week, there'll be six OTAs down, four officially left to go next week. Who knows about the 10th one? A lot of times that's a either a canceled or a team building or a one of those days. But, um, hey, that that comment there from Bucky about just the the cleanliness of the offense, right? Mm-hmm. That's that's kind of what you're looking for. You're you don't want the ball all over the ground, all over the place. And I think you and I were kind of talking on the practice field the other day on Tuesday about this. It's really about sixteen. That, that's really what this thing boils down to. Yeah. It's about him and how he's performing and feeling, and the rest is great. But well, you don't have the guy triggering the football. Yeah, I mean, you know, to oversimplify it, what you want right now with Trevor, they've chosen, when you choose a guy number one overall, you choose he's the guy. And you better build everything around him to succeed. And then you want to get it, it to a point where your roster is, you know, similar, better, worse, but in the same range as other rosters, and then that guy elevates you. Maybe that's not fair to every game, but over the course of time, if you're equal and you've got that guy behind center, then all of a sudden the game should start going your way and you get to nine wins, 10 wins, 11 wins. Um, you know, so because he was number one overall pick, it's very much built around him. And then after five years and that contract goes up, he better be able to elevate everybody. Uh, I, I can't rightfully tell you, JP, based on a, a summertime notepad practice, if he's elevating people yet. But – as Bucky alluded to, the ball looks right coming out of his hand. It is going in the proper strike zone. You don't have a lot of guys reaching for it in seven-on-seven seven where it, it it's horrible passes and you wonder what in the world this guy's doing. I mean, that can hurt players, too, if they're, like, reaching weird places and yeah. tweaks and this and that. All right. And it overall just hurts yeah, confidence, efficiency. All that. Right now, this time of year for a quarterback, it's supposed to be easy a lot. With with you know, especially in non seven on seven, non eleven on eleven, he looks comfortable. He looks you know like he's not clouded with his head. He's not thinking about other things. He looks like he's supposed to look. Which you know, after nine ten years of talking this time of year, JP, you know, <laughs> I always say. At this point, you can't prove anything about how you're going to do next season. But you can look as good as you can possibly look. And right now, Trevor Lawrence and the offense, you know, to me, they look the part so far. I don't know what that means when now the pads go on, but I'd rather be saying that than uh-oh. We just heard from Christian Kirk a moment ago, Jaguars wide receiver was in studio here, and our first real chance to sit down with him. Um, since he since really the press conference, I think, mm-hmm. and uh, kind of getting his head. And it felt like that press conference just wasn't his comfort zone. Like everything's going on, uh, big contract, everything. There was some outside criticism, all that. But just hearing his tone in the last 20 minutes or so, uh, he's locked in now. And it feels like he's in his element where – uh, he's. I don't know if he's running the wide receiver room per mm-hmm. se. There are some veteran guys in there, but 
he might have that type of personality where he just does his business and kind of people follow the way he goes about it. And his skill set obviously is something they were searching out in free agency, his ability to, to learn and play different positions on the offense. And I, I don't think that's just his role. I think that's a lot of these receivers' roles is you got to learn these different spots. So play callers like Doug Peterson, the OC, and Press Taylor can move you around and match you up in different situations. And that's that's going to be perfect, I think, for Christian Kirk. Everything you hear about him is that he's a guy you want in your wide receiver room. He approaches everything the right way. He's a pro, if you will. Uh, that feels like what they were going after in free agency and the draft. He seems to define that. You know, at at five eleven, six foot, I can't sit here and rightfully say that he's ever going to be a quote true X outside. I mean, a true Y wide receiver guy that's going to dominate opponents physically, but. It does very much seem like if their goal was to upgrade the wide receiver position, overall create more talent, more ability to strain defenses, a guy who can play everything that you want him to play uh, for you offensively at that at receiver position, it seems like they've got that guy. Uh, I've had a lot of conversations about Christian Kirk with Pete Prisco, who – Covers the NFL here, covers the NFL for CBS Sports. He's very tight with Sean Jefferson, uh, who coached Christian Kirk. Pete keeps telling me, John, Sean Jefferson believes really highly in this guy. Uh, says he controlled the room in Arizona with DeAndre Hopkins, uh, Larry Fitzgerald as, as an influence. Uh, that seems real to me, you know, and it seems to line up. I talk, I talk with Christian. Uh, a day or two ago, he's impressive in how he approaches things. He's impressive and seems very professional. Seems like he's going to fit into this. You know, I can never predict when you first bring a guy in how good they're going to be. Mm-hmm. You can get a bad feeling about a guy, though. You don't have that feeling about Christian Kirk. Christian Kirk, you feel like no matter what happens, he's going to figure out a way to contribute and make this room better. I don't know how you live up to a contract in free agency, JP. I mean, it's tough. It, you know, it's so tough. So throwing Especially that out the window, yeah. what they wanted to do with free agency is raise and get and get this thing better. It seems like Christian Kirk did that. Eighteen million dollars better. I I don't know how you do that, but I don't think they care about that that much in terms of how do you do that. I believe they're better with this kid on the team. You got to get a base level of player level better at this team, and that yeah. helps that. I mean, you just got to have better players. Yeah, and it, it, and that costs money. It certainly seems like he fits that bill to me. Yeah, uh, John Osher is with us, Jaguars.com senior writer. It's Jaguars Happy Hour on 1010XL AM and Jaguars.com and the Jaguars social media channels: Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube. We go from one pass catcher to another that you caught up earlier this week with John and Evan Ingram, another free agency addition. The Jaguars spent some money, I think the most in free agency this year around the National Football League. I think a total of $300 million over the contracts were put out. That's a, that's a lot going out. A lot of that on offense, of course. Christian Kirk got a, the, the biggest bulk of that. Evan Ingram got a year's share of that, though. And a former first-round pick, 
uh, you know, and another guy who you can move around. He's mm-hmm. not just a tight end off the right tackle's hip blocking. He's out there on making catches down the field wide, as we uh, can see if you're watching on Jaguars.com. He he did some with New York with the Giants. That's the idea again here in Jacksonville, I think. Yeah, and again, this time of year you're trying to project and you're trying to put in perspective what it might all mean. Uh, there's something about the Ingram signing to me that seems overlooked. It seems like there was so much focus on on uh, Christian Kirk and so much talk among fans and observers about what they didn't do. Um, the I think the way Ingram plays, I uh, I don't know that there's going to be that much difference in a lot of plays in how he's used. At, as it would be with a wide receiver. Mm-hmm. So there was a lot of angst among the fan base. Well, they didn't improve wide receiver enough. They didn't do this enough. You know, Ingram's a tight end, but conceptually, if what you were doing was trying to add elements around Trevor Lawrence, this was a guy who did that. And uh, again, we're not going to try to give away too much with what they're trying to do scheme-wise because they're not going to show us everything anyway. Mm-mm. But... This guy is moving around a lot in the offense. Uh, he is going to be a piece, and I, I can't imagine that there aren't a lot of plays where he plays a role much like that, quote, one wide receiver that everybody wanted in the offseason. So um, he might be the key to the free agent class. Wow. And yeah. he, he might be the and, and Kirk's got to be good, don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. But the thing that pushes him over the top, the thing that gives him that tool that maybe people thought they didn't go get is Ingram. And, and he's, I'll tell you, I don't always say, hey, go listen to the podcast. Uh, you know, Ingram is really an interesting guy to talk to. He has a really good perspective on this. Um, you know, he knows this is a huge chance for him. The one-year deal is a prove-it deal. One-year, $9 million contract, yes. Yeah, he's – I have a good feeling about this guy and his, his ability to do what they're asking him to do in this scheme. He certainly thinks this is going to be the year that pushes him into uh, – I know what elite means, but, but pushes him into a place where he goes and makes a lot of money. Uh, he thinks it's going to be a year where he breaks out. He loves Doug Peterson's offense. He's wanted to play for Doug Peterson. Uh, tight end, we've been talking about it for how many years, J.P.? I, mean, I, I, I talked about it earlier in this show. I, I mean, I, right. t- I listed some guys, Julius Thomas, Safarian Jenkins, yeah. Tyler Eifert. I mean, I've tried so many different ways to yeah. figure it out since Mercedes. It feels like this group with Ingram, Arnold, uh, Manhurt's more of a blocker, we can catch. Yep. It, it feels like Ingram and Arnold, uh, <laughs> I almost hesitate to say it, but might be <laughs> the guys at this position that this team's been waiting for for so long. And I laugh because we've been saying it for so long that it'll fall on deaf ears. But boy, do they look different in OTAs than that position has looked ever. 
I'm excited to hear the podcast. I haven't had a chance to, to visit with Evan Ingram yet. Well, it'll be on our Jaguars media channel. On, on, yeah, Is on it? the website, jaguars.com, on the podcast Anywhere link. that you listen to your podcast. Yeah, wherever you download your Give pods. Give us five stars. And, and a comment. And feedback. Yeah, comment, <laughs> whatever you want. It's uh, we, we love feedback. <laughs> we do course. love feedback. Uh, Except if it's bad, then I don't love feedback. Well, at least you know what it is. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Criticism either way is constructive, uh, is good. Yeah. No, you're not, you're not buying into I'm that. I'm all about praise. Okay. <laughs> I love it. Hey, we'll take a timeout. Uh, we'll come back. John, we're going to go around the National Football League. You're sticking around with us. Sure. Sure. Thanks Why for not? that. That's <laughs> my feedback. Here. I appreciate that. Uh, thank you. I really do. Uh, around the league with John Ozier when we come back and listen to his podcast, the Ozone Podcast, on the official Jaguars Podcast Network. It's Jaguars Happy Hour on the Jaguars Digital Network. Welcome back, Jaguars Happy Hour on a Thursday. And a look outside on Jaguars.com and the Jaguars social channels at the footprint of the Football Performance Center. Well, earlier this week, there was actual steel going up for the first time. It's been concrete, uh, the foundation, some walls on the side are kind of there now, being held up by props on the side, but... They actually put some steel beams across a couple of those today, or uh, earlier this week, actually. Um, so they're moving right along. Yeah, it was hard work. I spent some time out there lifting some steel, JP. I thought and you I, looked stronger. Well, yeah, I mean, it, it's uh, in the mornings, that's what I do, and then I come here and do drive time. I, I was, so. I was, that's, yeah, <laughs> so. I, I was going to mention something. You, you look like you've been <laughs> in the weight room, John. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's a task. It's a heavy lift, as they say. It certainly is. <laughs> That's why you leave it to the professionals. And, of course, that is scheduled to open training camp of 2023. And, you know, we, we eat lunch here um, every day, right? So after lunch, I come – I walk down the ramp outside. And I just – I stand out over the, the ramp overlooking this thing just to see what's going on, right? And just think on it. And just think on it, you know, <laughs> think through it. See what's next. Hey, sure. I wonder what beam is next, yep. right? Or I wonder what concrete they have to pour next. Uh, but I stood out there a few weeks ago and watched them tear down the old cool zone building. It took them about 20 minutes. That was gone. Yeah. And here comes the beam the other day. And um, it, it, I mean, every day there's something new going. Mm-hmm. It's uh, and it, the it's foot- fascinating. Stuff. And the footprint's massive too. It's yeah. huge. It's uh, it's been needed for a long time. Uh, it's it's tough to win free agents to maintain what you want in this league right now if your facilities are not at least on par as the league goes forward. It doesn't have to be the best every year, but, you know, there is a changing uh, face of the league, and it it does reflect uh, uh, players love that kind of thing as they should. It, It... it reflects the direction of the organization, and I think this will be a, a, a huge thing for player retention, image, et cetera. It's been needed for a while, and it's going to be cool to see. I mean, it's, and they've talked about this. Mark Lamping's talked about it uh, in the public settings before. The, the space inside the stadium is, is so 1995. I mean, it's well, the original footprint, yeah. and it's the smallest footprint in the NFL. And you've got coaches in hallways and – and closets working, and the weight room spills out onto the concourse. I mean, that's 
yeah. the smallest in the league. The NFL um, in 1995 was a different beast than it is now. You didn't have nearly as much uh, marketing. You didn't have nearly as much f- forward-facing. Uh, our department didn't exist. No, I mean, no, no. There was it none w- of that. It was Well, there was a broadcast department, but it was it was smaller. It was TV only. It wasn't Digital, social. Uh, uh, my job didn't exist, mm-hmm. uh, it, which there'd be arguments to be made now, but it, you know, that's <laughs> you another said, topic. You said it, um, not me. But I remember when I got to the Colts in 2001, which is a few years after that, by the time I left there 10 years later, that place had had to add on to its building, if I'm remembering right, at least once, perhaps twice, but they were off-site. They were not inside their stadium, so there was room on their campus, if you will, to grow. Here, remember, there's no inside the building. You're inside the building. That's right. Um, so it's been very necessary, uh, and, you know, I, I would anticipate this place being built uh, for growth, not being an issue anymore. But it, it's been very necessary, and it will be state-of-the-art. It's been, you know, when something's not updated for 27 years, it gets out of date. This new place will in no way be that. It's the first step in a line of things to come around and to the stadium. Of course, the, the football performance center is number one to open. Uh, the shipyards project, Four Seasons, the office building over there is next on the docket. And I think they'll really start this summer to, to make some true moves there. Um, and then the stadium of the future will, will come up at some point down the line. Uh, for the latest, check out firstdowntownjacks.com, and you'll get the latest on the, the happenings around and, and with the stadium project and everything around the stadium, too. And there's a lot. Mm-hmm. There's dust flying. There's roads closed. John, you feel it every day. I, I remember a few weeks ago you tried to come in, and you got twisted and turned around and couldn't find your way. But that, you weren't yeah, going to let me in. You made so, it. Uh, it. I did make it. And, you know um, – People who watch and read these shows know I was here in 93 when they got the team and then here in 95 when it first came about. Uh, I'm glad for however much longer I have in this business. There is a point of pride. It would be really cool to see this place go up, the Performance Center, to see the stadium renovated, which at some point it's going to be renovated, to see this environment down here uh, dramatically change. I don't know. I don't know how close the prototypes will eventually be to what actually is, but considering where it came from, JP, I'll, I'll old man you to death I here. I can't wait. I can remember ninety three, ninety four. I was covering the University of Florida. Yeah, they were good then. And uh, yeah, yes, they were. <laughs> uh, and I didn't. I was living in Middleburg. I was living sort of between Jacksonville and Gainesville, working for the Florida Times Union. So I didn't drive into town that much. But I remember one time driving across one of the bridges and looking over and seeing, and, I, and people who were in town in the 90s will remember this uh, dynamic. You drove through, and the stadium was basically up on a jack, it looked like, because everything else had been taken away, and it was just one of these pieces of the stadium was up there. Um, and I can remember going to the old Gator Bowl. So, so all that stuff, to see what it's going to be now, to see that it's going to be stable going forward, and state-of-the-art as it should be. Uh, it's a cool feeling for this old sentimental type. Good for you, man. Might even bring a tear to my eye. Uh, it looks like it might. Yeah, well, no. 
There's no crying in baseball. No, there's not. Or football, (laughs) apparently. Let's go around the National Football League quickly. The Richmond Times-Dispatch in Virginia is reporting this week the Commanders are proposing a new stadium that would have just 55,000 seats. According to Pro Football Talk, FedEx Field had the league's largest capacity from 04 to 2010 at 91,000. That's a big difference. Yeah, it's – I grew up – a huge fan of the Washington football team. Uh, to think that they're going from 91 to 55 is staggering and telling. Um, when I was a kid, which back in the day, the sellout streak was one of the staples of the league at that place. And it's understandable why they built it so large when they did it in... Uh, 04. Right, 04. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because the thinking at that point was bigger, bigger, bigger. It's telling that that stadium in that market, even though the team has struggled, is reducing to 55. That's about the right number for the NFL these days. And it's about bringing it back in line. It's more about premium seating, luxuries, et cetera. But these cavernous stadiums of old, uh, you know, it's just too big. News 9 in Denver reporting this week. The Broncos' ownership bidding down to a second round coming up Monday. Four groups are in the hunt. The hope is to have the transaction finalized by the start of the regular season. And, John, you can probably hit the ATM for the price of $5 billion and, and get the team if you wanted it. Well, it's, it's With a, B, a staggering. Billion. But, but, you know, that, it shouldn't be overlooked. These old... Uh, Traditional franchises, which the Broncos are one of those, one of the successful, one of the glamour teams. I think they're maybe not quite in that old school, but they're there. Don't change hands that often, so it's a significant thing for the league. Pat Boland was a a major owner in this league for a long time. We'll look forward to the Ozone podcast coming up, John. It'll be good. I'll be listening to it. Thanks for the time, man. Thanks, buddy. Always great to see you. It is. Well... Just walk outside with each other. That's true. John Ozier, Jaguars.com senior writer. Our thanks to Christian Kirk as well. Jaguars wide receiver. Brent Reber on the video side. Joe Fortunato on the audio. For everyone involved, I'm J.P. Shadrick. We will catch you next time. It's Jaguars Happy Hour on the Jaguars Digital Network.